morning, everyone. Welcome to Buzzing About Romance podcast. Um, I am Becky. Hello, Leah. How are you? I'm not going to say Hello. this time with me is Leah because you're always Hello. with me on our Sunday episodes. Hello, Becky. <laughs> Nice it was only like semi-awkward tonight. Like semi-awkward. We'll get better. Maybe. We, it's only like, been like mastered 60 the, episodes. The, we've mastered the goodbye. I mean, who cares if the beginning's weird? Right. right. One Nobody out of two weeks. the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> um, so on this episode of Buzzing About Romance, we're bringing you a special Halloween edition of the podcast. We felt like this was the perfect time to talk about monster romances. But honestly, these stories are so good. Do not just save them for spooky season. You should be reading these all year long. And joining us to help us tackle the monster romance is author Katie Robert. Katie, welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited to be here and talking about monsters. So <laughs> We are so excited to have you back. Um, okay, Leah, read us Katie's bio before we get into all things monster. <clears throat> New York Times and USA Today best-selling author Katie Robert learned to tell her stories at her grandpa's knee. Her 2015 title, The Marriage Contract, was a Rita finalist in RT Book Reviews, named it a compulsively readable book with just the right amount of suspense and tension. When not writing sexy contemporary and romantic suspense, she spends her time playing imaginary games with her children driving her husband batty with what if questions and planning for the inevitable zombie apocalypse you the also was so much funnier before the pandemic yeah. <laughs> dang i'm gonna have to update that <laughs> you also though you didn't mention you're quite the knitter i am i am i do knitting um it's impressive yeah, it's, it i started it because i well, I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm actually working on ADHD diagnosis right now, but um, I can't focus well, like visually mm -hmm. or auditory unless my hands are busy, which meant I was on my phone, but then I wasn't focused on anything but my phone. And so I started knitting to keep my hands busy to help me focus on like mm -hmm. what's going on around me in audiobooks. And then it's just, you know, in true form took over and now I knit all sorts of stuff. <laughs> Beautiful sweaters though. I mean, I'm always jealous. I'm like, oh, that's so pretty. I'm gonna have to find I've, someone to either make that or buy I've it. I've never <laughs> mastered the knitting. I can crochet, but See, I cannot knit. And crocheting, like my brain is like, what are you doing? I don't like, I feel like people either naturally cleave to one or the other. Mm -hmm. I agree. And yeah. Like there are those like masterful people who can do both and it's like mm -hmm. amazing and wonderful, but like most people are they're good at one and they can either can't do or just not so hot on the other. I am good yeah. at none of them. <laughs> I can crochet a bobble, but it's such a struggle that I'm like, I will never crochet because I, <laughs> my hands, I just feel like a, like a five-year-old trying to learn to write my name. Like, I don't mm. know what's going on. <laughs> okay. So we are talking monster romance. Um, monster romance is categorized as fantasy, but this is different than shifter romance or it's not really paranormal though, is it? I think fantasy is usually probably a more accurate because paranormal leans towards like you're human, but you change into other things or you're human, mm -hmm. but you have powers, but it's like a human based. And this is totally like my theory. It's no basis in like actual don't take it as science, but like for me, cause I had a, when I went on, started my great 
journey to find the monster romance of my soul i had um a group chat with several friends that was like trying to figure out where the line is for monster romance like Mm -hmm. if if it's a shifter and they have sex while in half shifted form that is monster romance but if or it can be like it's in that like kind of eclipsed area but just shifters no just tails no just horns just wings like that's all paranormal rather than monster romance in my opinion grain of salted <laughs> um no i think that's a good way to put it because i feel like when there's like the human quality and like they go back and forth between them like that's a more paranormal and like monster it's like they're it's i feel like it's a category all in itself well in my perception is definitely influenced by the fact that i started reading laurel k hamilton like as a teenager in like book nine which they're immediately having sex while half shifted and whatnot and like all sorts of freaky deaky stuff and so that was like oh that's that's what that is like so anything (laughs) other than that when they're like oh it's monster romance and he's a demon but he's like just a hot dude that like Mm -hmm. occasionally has horns or something like that's not quite doesn't quite edge into true monster romance like how i categorize it it's like monster light like it's a good way to like transition into it yes like like catherine moon's um a lady of rooksgrave manor none of in that first book because it's like reverse harem so it's her and four or five guys i can't remember exactly how many now but none of them are like truly monstrous they're more paranormal light but like she sort of teases you with there's a, a stage scene where they like witness truly monstrous doing the sexy good times. And the second book is at the um, the theater that they witness this. So I think it's going to be more sexy. So like, it's a really good intro to kind of like, put your foot in the water, mm-hmm. see how you feel about it, like without fully committing to like the monster stuff. But there, I mean, you give some good recs and we will go, we'll get to those too. But um. I have never been a big paranormal shifter reader, but I read some of the books off of your rec list and a couple others that I had seen throughout um, different uh, either Instagram or TikTok. And um, they're different. They have a different feel to them than paranormal. Like, I don't mind paranormal. It's just not usually something I veer towards. But I read, well, the first one I read was the uh trapped in my boyfriend's dungeon choose your own <laughs> that's adventure. Where started? oh my god because yes, you raved about it so much and i was like okay i've got to see this was it raving or was it like sh- i mean granted i i inhaled the, like three of those books before yeah. i got distracted with something else but like because they're cracky but like i was slightly like they're true monster not romance because it's not like a romance in the traditional no. romance but they are true monster like erotica like woo, there's eggs <laughs> like, yeah it was complete bonkers town but i had so much fun reading them and it actually so from there then i went to being stalked by the kraken or which yeah stalked by the kraken that's stalked- like actually a, a good intro even though there's tentacles that is a good intro because it's cozier yeah which is hilarious that you say that so as soon as i told my husband i was reading that book he's like you know how octopus and squid mate right like they pierce the other people and i was like great thanks 
Thanks. Listen, that's listen. She, and that's why they had that very careful conversation on like, what is your penis going to break off? Is it going to like do some weird stuff? Because like, I need to know this before we like get in the bedroom together. Yes. So, yeah. and that is like, yeah, I, I think, I actually think that monster romance is closer to dark romance than it is to paranormal romance as far as like tonally speaking mm-hmm. in general i'd agree there's exceptions of course like but um but like you kind of get that like riding the edge of like is this too much mm-hmm. i don't know we're gonna find out um that i feel like when i read dark romance well and i do think that they all have and book Riot has a great article and i will link it in our show notes all about monster romances but they bring up a really good point that it's like an it's a kind of a balance between enemies to lovers and the compelling villain and it is that is kind of the perfect description on how you feel about the monster like you shouldn't love him but you do yeah. love him yeah well and like I said, I've been on this journey to find a very specific kind of monster romance story when, like, for, God, ever now. I don't even, time moves weird, so it might have been a couple months, it might have been, like, six, I don't know. But I found that a lot of the monster romance, like, dark romance, edges too far into, cer- like, certain topics and, like, is, like, well, it's monsters, so we're gonna make every element of the story monstrous, which works, but it's just not what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. like um oh crud i can't remember her name now the the chick who or the sorry the author who wrote um den of vipers has some monster romance i think i might oh actually you know don't quote me on this i'm not sure who it is but i had read a monster romance that was like reverse harem and i started it and i was like yeah this is too much for me like just for what i'm looking for like i can see the appeal and i understand but much like i don't tend to read super super dark romances right so like it's just like ah oh, this is you know, this is just a little too much. It's not, it's not what I'm looking for. And so I have a hard time with that sometimes. Cause like, it's hard to find the monster romances that's super sexy, but also isn't super traumatic. <laughs> yeah. It's like that fine line mm-hmm. you haven't quite found yet. Yeah. Well, there's like Sienna Costa does a really good job, but hers are definitely not dark at all. Mm-hmm. They, but she does a really good job of giving you that monster like the milking the minotaur everybody like i read like, that one. laughed about that title and like oh they milk the minotaur and like my husband about died when i explained it, it to him but like that book like she does a great job with the size difference and like making him like quote unquote monstrous enough while still rooting it really deeply in like a very relatable story and mm-hmm. like a very relatable heroine while still being really hot like considering um so like it's i think she she does a really good job i'm very excited to see what else she publishes next because um i think her next like novella is like a spider guy and i'm like okay i don't know i trust you let's do it (laughs) that one gonna work (laughs) i don't know (laughs) well and i think you kind of kind of hit it a little bit too what i find attractive about the monster romances which keeps having me like I want to read this. I need to know about this. Is it kind of takes what is ugly, what is a little bit like on the edge of society and what is acceptable and helps kind of show the humanity of what lies on the edge of what we would consider normal society. 
Well, I think that there's a reason, like, I, I've seen some really unattractive theories on, like, why people are drawn to monster romance and, like, how it's trying to make excuses for the people in your life who are truly monstrous but i really don't think that that's the core of the stories that are being told for the most part it's it's more that like this might seem like it's a beauty and the beast thing like he is (laughs) scary and he is big and you know could like rip you to 47 pieces but also like you know he's soft just for you and that's again like that's like dark romances it's a scary individual it's just in monster it's more overt like physically and like it leans more into the physical element of it the differences and the danger in rather than just like a human person who can like you know murder up everybody um but like that beauty and the beast was not about i don't know i i just i disagree with like that sentiment wholeheartedly <laughs> that it's like oh we're just i want to make excuses for the people in my life who freaking suck so like i'm that's it's not i don't feel like that that's what it actually is at all like how uh, these stories are told yeah i don't think so either to me it just shows that there's beauty in everything mm-hmm. even if it's not your line doesn't mean it's not beautiful right oh, and even showing too like there's a humanity to like those characters like yes like they're a monster but like like the minotaur story like there's such a human aspect to him and like his feelings and and all that so like yes like he's a minotaur but that's just like part of him like there's there's truth and love and all of that in him as well and like she truly sees that side of him it's it has nothing to do with like what he is it's who he is right and that was such a careful line to thread in that book in particular because of the fact that she's like you know milking him this whole time which mm-hmm. is like the key it's it's it was a very interesting balance of like this isn't necessarily sex work because it's not for like tan you're not being tantalized or like whatever it's mm-hmm. for like the product but also it was something that was sexy for both of them while having that and yet still having this really sweet like they could have just gone straight to the bedroom and like done all the stuff and it would have mm-hmm. been great. But also it has this really sweet romance develop even in the midst of like the milking. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I did find a quote from, uh, I'm going to screw up his first name, but Del Toro, who was the director of Shape of Water. Guillermo. Guillermo, yeah. um, which I should know this because that's my child's favorite character in what we do in the shadows. Um, Oh, he's good in that. That is a good character there. (laughs) Uh, But he made the statement when he did shape of water, that it's about celebrating imperfection, celebrating otherness and falling in love with the other. Yeah. I've definitely seen, which is like, I don't know that I'm the one to have this conversation or this like topic because I'm not like knowledgeable enough, but I did see a Twitter thread a while back that was talking about how a lot of like monsters and that sort of thing is kind of coded as disability. And which is why sometimes you get into this like kind of sketchy area when it's like the curse is solved and everyone's fine like through magic because it's kind of ableist whereas like shrek for example like fiona turns into an ogre at the end which was like such a great Mm -hmm. like sort of twist on that traditional like he's human it's perfect and so a lot of these monster romances it's like you get 
that romance without the twist ending of everybody being human and like whole and healthy and like whatever at the end um which obviously there's more nuance there and a lot more problems. it's just uh it's also like a factor yeah um so what do you think the attraction to monster romance we hit it on a little bit but it it's just it's like for me it's like i said it's very similar to dark romance in that it's like this partner could rip me or the you know the heroine or the whatever to shreds and like has to be so careful especially with like a lot of these size differences and has to like like it's just that that amount of care that has to go into it for it to happen properly is like so attractive and and just like the whole like you know first appearances and having to delve deep and like find connection and and like you said a lot of these stories have enemies to lovers elements which is like my crack like i i if there's a hint of enemies to lovers i'm like yes i love it it's my favorite so like you get that a lot in monster romances like just some of those old school like captive heroine or enemies to lovers or you know we're in some sort of like magical force proximity sort of thing which is you know fun it's a lot of fun to like it's the fun of dark romance with magic and shit involved too (laughs) (laughs) um so i would say that monster romances are gaining in popularity there seems to be more of them being written i think they've they've been around for a while because there's quite a few authors that have like pretty extensive backlist with them but i really think that tiktok has a lot to do with Mm -hmm. because people some people read it because they're like heck yeah i want this and some people read it to like teehee about it and then decide realize they actually like it and but like that conversational aspect of it of like holy crap you'll never believe what i just read this this book about this minotaur and they milk him and it's not the way you think like (laughs) it's such a like a great word of mouth thing that i think that that's part of why we're seeing a rise in them and it also might be in the similar ways that we saw a paranormal rise like in freaking when the um oh gosh like with the uh, the war and stuff back in the early 2000s and you know people want to escape from reality well right mm-hmm. now people want to escape from reality so yeah, yeah they do <laughs> so that's why i think we're seeing like a boom in fantasy like new adult type fantasy and also in monster romance well and it seems that you know as an old school romance reader it i feel like this new adult category is really creating their own movement forward it has you know it's it's not the same as ya at all like Mm -mm. it is definitely 18 and older but it also they're doing things that we're not seeing in adult contemporary romance so this new adult i don't know it's very intriguing to me the whole the new adult it's really interesting because it really started with indie like when indie publishing the gold gold or the gold rush wow words are cool but um (laughs) in like 2011 2012 like they're like jennifer l armantrout her there's a bunch of college series like hers is one of them and there were others they were just selling absurdly well and traditional publishing sort of tried to take advantage of it 
but somewhere along the way of like acquiring and like getting it on shelves because there weren't you know new adult shelves and how to categorize it properly like traditional kind of like tossed it out the wayside which is how you got Sarah J Mass as a young adult author when her books are clearly new adult yeah. but but indie never had that problem with shelving and so there's like a whole new adult thriving genre in indie that we're starting to see hit more like widely because of stuff like tiktok yeah tiktok is so intriguing now i was not part of the bookstagram movement like i didn't really join until 2019 yes 2019 so late into it um so i don't have anything to compare it to but talking to a couple of authors that started out as bookstagrammers or bloggers this phenomenon in tiktok and the way books are just flying through tiktok was not how it went with bookstagram and blogging it's the, the closest i can compare it to and this is not related to social media but just like to movement wise is it feels very very similar to again 2010 to 2012 in there were 50 shades when people were coming back to reading for the first time since like high school or college or whatever and realizing that they actually enjoy reading when it's not some old white dead dude mm -hmm. and so they were reading 50 shades and being like are there other books like this like how do i find this and now you know then they found romance existed and similarly people be, like I feel like the pandemic started and everybody ended up on TikTok because like nobody had anything else like that they could do if they were you know privileged enough to stay home and Sarah J Moss's books like are were all I mean they still are but we're all over TikTok and so people are like oh I'll try out this freaking fairy porn like whatever to he realized that they actually enjoy reading and now it's like well, what else can you give me and it's mm -hmm. like and they buy in print which is which is a whole other like it's I've had now two my Wicked Villain series and then Neon Gods have like been like you know TikTok famous or whatever not on the level of like Colleen Hoover or Sarah J Moss or anything like that but like you know respectively and I'm last month I sold more print copies than I sold ebook copies of the Wicked Villain series which is unheard of like That's for bonkers. me yeah normally bonkers. it's like not even eight percent of my pre-TikTok days so it's like they 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 buy they buy entire series without even reading one and they buy in print which is it's it's flabbergasting it's really cool it's really cool to watch people like be like wow i didn't know i liked reading but now i do and now i'm mm -hmm. like the pipeline from sarah j moss to like ice planet barbarians is a single straight line and people can argue with me all they want but it's very clearly like if you're on tiktok you can see how these things you know evolve organically and it's it's fascinating to watch like what books get picked up because then then it kind of branches because there's a whole YA very healthy community and then there's you know smut talk and <laughs> and so it's really interesting to see which books I see get featured again and again and again and how people find new authors and stuff it's super cool yeah it's um for our own and this is a little off topic for monster <laughs> romance and we'll get back there but for us you know we have Leah and I are big into the indie romance and we have certain expectations. We know we're going to get the steam and the sexy, the smutty, whatever you want to call it. We're going to get that in our indie um, books. And then someone and you'll then, see. You'll, and then we'll read a trad pub book or like somebody like, will rave about a trad pub book. And it's like, 
it's a really great book but it's just not what we want like it feels like trad has really in the last couple of years and i admittedly i have a hard i'm a cover snob even though i try not to be mm-hmm. and i have a hard time with the the um the illustrated covers that are cartoony because i can't read tone and so unless somebody uh-huh. is like this book is what you want i usually don't pick them up or unless it's by an author i trust but it also does feel like overall there's been this move away from like the erotic or the more like spicier romances which is why it cracks me up that neon gods did so well because i was like i'm gonna spitefully i'm gonna publish this dark <laughs> like or dark ish erotic romance and like we'll just see what happens and then it's done you know rather well to say the least and so it's like look traditional romance people want the sexy mm-hmm. they rom-coms are great there's nothing wrong with rom-coms i don't think that like 80 percent of those books are rom-coms with those covers but that's a whole different discussion but like people like spice and or, mm-hmm. and it's not that you have to exclusively publish spice because i don't think you should but like you know give us some like yeah. i would like some yeah. i mean i can go indie and I, i'm happy to read only indie i mostly do i would say aside from like as when it comes to romance anyways but uh, you know i i would like them to publish spicy stuff there are very few traditional published authors that I trust. It's like you and Tessa Bailey. Like I know Naima Simone. Like her covers fooled me because she went with um. I think it's Harlequin. She's and in Harlequin, like, and they're sweet. Have you her, read? The I haven't most read her. Okay, so it looks like like what you'd expect of like like the like the Christian romance. So it, uh, like that's the best. Like it's like a, a nice little like B and B and it's like a scenic whatever. Her book's still bone. They still okay. like she I would put her spice level on they are very, very angsty though. They're not they're like but they still have a high heat level. I would put her heat level like with Tessa Bailey. Okay. Like overall. Um okay, but like, if you want to test up. her out, yeah, try try her uh her brazens. They oh, okay those like yeah. are a nice like shorter you know you mm-hmm. can test taste um but yeah she's she's great like she's great yeah. in person too but like yeah she's <laughs> she's definitely but her, her covers fooled me because i was like oh you must have like despiced your stuff and she's like no and i'm like are people upset that they read this book and it's so spicy and she's like eh. <laughs> so it's <laughs> just but it's her. hard to tell with the covers like mm-hmm. so I- Oh, I feel ahead, the Leah. same way with the yep. cover because I like when I fi- see an illustrated cover, like my thought process always goes to a rom com, but you don't always get that. And I'm like, it's like well, false advertising in some ways, which is, I mean, I like an illustrated cover, and if it's done well and it fits the book, like overall, but like yeah. sometimes, like it doesn't quite mesh well. And I'm like, oh, me. When you can do illustrated covers and still have them be sensual, like Alexis, hmm. Alexis, Alexis, oh crap, Daria, her last name, um, oh. her covers mm-hmm. are very sensual. And like, you can tell that those books like have some heat to them yeah. and they're illustrated, but, but it's yeah. the way they're done. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I look at those covers style. and I just think, so, so my grandparents lived in Arizona when I was middle school and we all got to go and stay a summer with them. And where they lived in Phoenix, they lived in, or they, they lived in Tucson at the time that I got to visit them. And Telemund, they had a lady, an older lady next door that watched the Telemundo, the um, the soap operas, mm-hmm. the Spanish-speaking Spanish, soap operas. Spanish telenovelas. Telenovelas, yes. And every time I see her covers, that's all I think of. 
is those very like <laughs> dramatic telenovela moments. But I love her books. Their books are so good. But those covers, mm-hmm. I'm just like transported back to Tucson in 1988. Yeah. <laughs> really covers funny. are tricky. They really mm-hmm. are. It's uh, and, and you know, I mean, the trends will shift at some point. Like I feel like YA kind of informs adult trends like just a few years ahead of time so i expect we'll start seeing kind of how we're starting to see in fantasy a shift to more like text heavy um like less like any kind of people type figures on the covers at some point but maybe i'm wrong we'll see (laughs) i I only have theories i feel very like ooh, let's find out what happens next i like to try to predict stuff i'm usually wrong (laughs) um okay so you have your very own monster romance coming in march of 2022 yes i do it is called Uh, the dragon's bride the dragon's bride the cover i'm in love with especially because i'm a vintage old school romance reader and those cover that cover is i love it i I just like Again, like when I was started this, I was like, I know I wanted to write monster romance. It's a spinoff from my vampire. So I had to like finish that series before I can do anything else with the monsters. But I was like, I just want, like, there are some really cool monster romance covers out there. Like um, Tiffany Roberts has a, a great trilogy with like a spider hero that, that those covers are great. Um, but I'm like, I want, like, I would just want like the old school clench covers, but like with monsters. And, you know, thankfully I have the resources that I can afford to be indulgent with myself right now. So I'm like, I'm going to do it. And then like, I got like the hand lettering, like just the whole thing just reads very old school Johanna Lindsay. And uh, that's what I was going, the next book's going to be tentacles. So I'm really excited. So we'll see how it works out. Um, Yeah. I loved it. I was like, hot damn that cover. (laughs) Um, and if you aren't part of Katie's Patreon, uh, you totally should because you get sneak peeks into some really cool fan art and cover art that goes with her um, with her coming books and some of the other older books, too, that you write. So, yes, yes, it's <laughs> uh, it's good that I have the Patreon because I am really bad at secret. Like I can do other people's secrets and I can do like secrets like that I'm contractually obligated to keep like I'm fine with that. But like when it comes to there's no reason that I can't share, I'm like. I shouldn't share this title link, but like, guess what, Patreon? Here you go. Here's some content. Like, <laughs> geek out with me. <laughs> Here's the circle of trust. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so far, honestly, I am really grateful. Like, I have not seen anything that I've asked to keep within the Patreon. I've not seen it outside of the Patreon. So, like, I am deeply appreciative that everybody respects those requests, like, when I make them. That's so nice. Mm-hmm. That is so nice. Okay. So... Monster Romance in March of 2022, but you have still some other projects that are going to come before that. Yes, (laughs) yes. Because how many, okay, so real quick before we get into all of that, how many books did you write since the start of quarantine, which was March-ish 2020, to, well, you'll have a book that comes out at the end of 2021? I, something like, I think I wrote, eight books this year not they're not all full-length books and then probably I, I think like 16 maybe like 14 you put a lot of a lot of stuff out 
yeah I'm, I'm having to slow down now because apparently you can't keep up that pace indefinitely <laughs> um but but yeah i've i've written a shit ton like it's it's a little absurd honestly and somebody's like how did you do it i'm like wrote through my stress and did not take care of myself at all don't recommend don't do it <laughs> but but yeah i have actually it was only supposed to be two books that i have to finish up this year because i'm writing i'm finishing up queen the third vampire book which will be out at the end of the year and then i'm also writing um the fourth dark olympus book right now which is real weird to be i'll have turned that in before the second one comes out but it's fine and then i also am going to write because i'm doing this newsletter promotional thing that's like well you'll details will come later on like in <laughs> february but uh so i'm writing a medusa sapphic medusa novella that will be in the dark olympus universe but with medusa so that's also coming oops this year <laughs> nice um yeah. yeah okay so and we were huge telling everybody like uh yeah. about your, your taboo your taboo line like oh those were good so good we like if you haven't read the taboo everybody needs to read them put out they're really great slump busters because they are not a lot of plot, not a lot of character development. You don't have to think too hard, but they're just hot as hell and rather short. So yes. they're just what you need. Like when you're in that slump and need something super dirty to like mm -hmm. restart your like. Well, we had book club the other night and we recommended your dad, uh, will, your dad do. will do to one of our new members. And she was like, okay, I'm obsessed with this level of hotness. But is there a sapphic romance with that level of hotness? She's like, I need all those vibes. And we're like, okay, there is, I can recommend um, different, like tonally, but like let, same level of hotness and like relatively minor, any, uh, anything else is um, Fire on the Ice by Tamsin Parker. It's a speed skater and a figure skater at like the quote unquote, not, not the Olympics, but like the, the ice games or whatever that she calls it mm -hmm. and they like don't really like each other but they like hooked up at like the last olympics or something and so they're hooking up at this one and it's just like it's real hot it's like scorcher hot and you know and it's just most excellent highly recommend <laughs> okay we will we will share that we'll so ophelia <laughs> if you are listening we just found you a book <laughs> i know there's more there there's definitely more but that's like my go-to of like yes like you want something real hot with like fisting like this book is for you so nice. okay so queen is releasing in december of 2021 but you mm -hmm. also recently kicked off a kickstarter project that went crazy bonker town so tell everyone what is the kickstarter project Okay, so just the, how we got to this point, just like a little like recap, I guess, is that my villains books, the series is complete. I'm not writing anymore at this point. And we, I now as a self-publisher have the option to do hardcovers and I can do different cover like, covers with the hardcovers. And as I mentioned, I am super into the clinch covers. So I went on this quest to find an artist to do like a sensual, like artistic clench thing for these covers. And then I was like, well, if I'm going to do special, like special covers, I would like to do a special like swag box to like launch them. And it just sort of like just after exploring options to try to figure out what would be like the least stressful for me and also allow everybody to have either swag options or book, just book options or like some combination thereof, Kickstarter was the way to go. And so 
I launched the Kickstarter early. Sorry, everyone, but it's still, it still <laughs> runs through the end of November and you don't have to pay till like the end. But it's, yeah, it's, it's just, I was like, I'm launching early. I gave everybody like five hours notice and launched. And was it really then, even five hours? Cause it felt like yes. 30 minutes. It was because I timed it because my one, my group chat was like, I was like, I'm just thinking about it. And they're like, okay. And then like two minutes later, I'm like, I sent a newsletter that says I'm launching in five hours. And they're like, well, I guess five hours is like a reasonable thing for you to wait. Like, Cause I'm very, I'm just like, I'm going to do it. And, and then it funded in five minutes. And, um, and we've already passed three like really aggressive stretch goals. And I'm like exploring options for another one because it seems like we're going to hit that at some point. And, you know, it's just, I, I'm having a lot of fun. I think I might launch a swag box, like with special editions of authors that I really like next year, if things go well, and I don't hate it when I pack everything, which is the caveat. <laughs> Well, congratulations, because it also was featured as like Kickstarter featured it as one of their mm -hmm. highlighted yeah. projects. And like, yeah, yeah, I've, I've definitely like am now being perceived on a level that I'm not used to. And it's not it's very disconcerting to be like have the director of like publishing and comics reach out to me and be like, hey, good job, you like, let's talk. And I'm like, oh. I'm looking for the professional author in the room and apparently it's me. So I guess we're going to have to figure it out. <laughs> That's so exciting though. And it's well-deserved. I is. have been a fan of yours since 2016. Your first book was what? 2015, 14, 15? 2012, actually. 2012. Okay. I did, but I did category up until about 2015, which is when I started doing single titles. Yeah. So I found you in 2016. I'm a huge fan. You know that I totally fangirl. I'll tell everybody. Becky recommends you <laughs> incessantly and not in a bad way, but she's like, people are like, oh, I need a book. She's like, well, Katie Robert has this book or you could do this one for her or this one for her. I, I appreciate that deeply. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, I think that there is something magical about your books. I'm always, someone will say something like, um, you know, I want to try like a polyamorous book that's really sexy. Okay, well, you know what? Some of the books in the Wicked Villain series, that's where I'm telling you to head your way. Um, you want an anti-hero that you're going to want to junk punch, but in the end, you're going to be in love with him? Try the O'Malley's because all those men <laughs> need major junk punching. Yeah, and therapy. They all need therapy like so, so bad. So is he therapy. really an anti-hero if you don't want to dick punch him at least once? That's true. I don't, That's very I don't true. So. But there's <laughs> even like your, the ones you had some forever ones that were like a men in uniform series. Mm -hmm. And you wrote that across with a couple of other different authors. Um, those were really good. I'm always like, those are quick, fun, spicy novella reads like... I consider no, I think they're like 250 pages for me. It's like, that's like three hours on the couch, people. Just read those. <laughs> Is it three hours? <laughs> not. It's so, not. Um, so I'm excited for you with this Kickstarter because this is the recognition that you do deserve. Like, I know it's hard sometimes, but lady, own this because you deserve yes. it. Yeah, I feel like with i mean i i was doing well before tiktok like did its thing i, I was doing i was uh, you know i have like a gajillion books but tiktok has like propelled 
and it's a bull trend. So like, you know, they, they grab onto books and then they slowly release. And so I'm just going to ride this wave as hard as I mm -hmm. possibly can until it passes. And, um, and then I'm trying to strong arm traditional into publishing books that I want to publish because I think like I could go indie with all of these books and I would, you know, be very happy because I love indie, but I also like spitefully want traditional to publish the book that I think that, that I know will sell that they just need to admit that like I, you know, into the universe, I'm going to write a, I'm writing a fantasy that fucks like uh, my heat level, like full on epic fantasy. And I'm going to try to sell it because they freaking need to admit that that's like, that's fantasy what people with, want. Yeah. Like, yeah, obviously I will it's read what people that. want. <laughs> um, yes, it is what people want. Um, so, okay. So earlier this year, we really, you released Neon Gods, which is mm -hmm. book one in the Dark Olympus, Olympus series. Uh, book two, Electric Idol comes out in 20, in January of 2022. Yes. So these are exciting because, yes. um, I told somebody, somebody's like, oh, I want to listen to the audiobook. Well, I'm like, it's on Hoopla, but it's also on Spotify. It is and on Katie Spotify. And Katie says it's not. <laughs> it's it's okay. It's supposed to be there. Yeah. I, well, they didn't notify me of it. So I thought I was like, they're like, yeah, Katie Robert uploaded this. Because there was like a TikTok that went viral. And I'm like, I didn't up upload anything. Like, no. So I don't know if that's real. But yeah, my publisher, my audiobook publisher has like a deal with Spotify. And there's actually, they have other books on there. So like you can find books on Spotify. If you don't have premium though, they play on shuffle and they're like four minute chapters. So it is frustrating. But um, yeah, I, and the same company bought Electric Idol. So that might end up on Spotify. Maybe, I don't, I guess we'll find out together. That's pretty cool though. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really, it's made it really accessible to like people to test, taste it. Mm -hmm. Like, in a way that it's not necessarily because even libraries you still have to take steps to get into the library like audiobooks and yeah. i mean you should support your libraries but like on spotify you can be like oh i'll just listen to a couple of these and see if i even want to try more it's like on kindle like you can sample a couple of chapters and if you don't like it you don't have to buy it but if you do like then you yep. get the little snippets yeah when a lot of people are like i listened to it on spotify and then went and bought the book and i'm like Thank you. <laughs> you didn't have to do that, but I appreciate it. <laughs> I mean, I think it's amazing. And because it is, it's a great way. And there are people that seem, that seem a little scared of audiobooks, like, or timid about them. I don't know if scared is the right word, but just a little timid. Well, like, I think people are worried that people are going to hear it. Yeah. I mean, how many, like, I don't know, like, I don't listen to a lot of romance audiobooks because I, like I said, I don't process auditory well. But I listen to a lot of podcasts because for whatever reason, that doesn't click my brain the same way. And like the Wicked Wallflowers and Heaving Bosoms, how many times have I pulled up to like a Starbucks freaking barista and had them being like, yeah, and the barb on his penis or like whatever. <laughs> and the, the barista's like, ah. So, you know, I definitely feel that of like, like, especially with like the spicier books of like, you don't want to be driving in your car and have the window cracked and have them like his giant schlong does the thing. And it's like, sorry, crosswalker. <laughs> I just traumatized everybody. It's fine. <laughs> um, I had the problem with it when it switched from my car's Bluetooth to oh, no. my house Echo. And my children are homeschooled. And so they were sitting at the kitchen table and this was several years ago. And it connected to the house Echo, and it was a um, very sexy scene with a butt plug. Oh no! 
And I'm like, Echo, stop. Echo, stop. Oh, my God. Anyway. Like, that's, like, when I would have panicked. And, like, I mean, we're really open in my house about, like, sex Same. stuff. Like, just talking about it. But I feel like in that scenario, I might have panicked and just thrown the Echo out the window and then traumatized my neighbors. So, yeah. like, <laughs> it would still be going. I mean, they're <laughs> teens now. I believe they were, like, more, like, younger teens. I have 16 and 18 now, so it's a little mm-hmm. different. Um, but... You know, I think yeah, that they I would were like scandalize mine. They're fifth ten grade, seven. seventh grade kind of thing. And well, and I feel like it's one thing if you're like, we're having a frank conversation about like whatever, and another mm-hmm. if it's like your audiobook just starts going without like a random. Yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway. Um, Katie, thank you so much for joining us um for this episode. We really appreciate it. Um, we will uh link some book recs in our on the shelf show notes uh, that are monster romances. So you guys can get your feet wet. And we will also link all of Katie's social media. And you guys, if you're not following her, you totally should because you get all the good stuff. Like, <laughs> I think that's one of the things that I really do love about you. Cause you're not just trying to sell your own books, but you are mm-hmm. building up so many of such a variety of authors and tropes and subgenres, And you just, you show like what it is to be a good community member in the book community. I mean, I feel like just, uh, I'm a reader too. And like, I want, and especially in certain spaces, like I, I engage in those spaces as a reader, like, and so I personally really enjoy when I have an author or reviewer or whatever that I trust their like recommendations. And so honestly, I mean, as I, I love people reading my books and obviously love it. But when somebody's like, I read this book because you recommended it and I loved it. And now I'm annihilating this person's backlist like that. I, I feel like I just get more powerful every time it happens and it <laughs> makes me so happy. So like, I, I love sharing that, like, like, yes, let's ex- be excited about this author together because it makes me happy. So it's kind of your superpower. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I, I love it. So I'm <laughs> happy that it's working out. <laughs> um, so thank you so much. We really do appreciate you. Um, and like I said, everything will be linked on our on the shelf show notes. I love talking to Katie. I just she's, adore her. She's delightful. And that's one thing with her is she is never afraid to offer you a wreck or talk about another author's work all the time. And that is one of the one things that I love about her. Cause she, she doesn't sit there. Like when you, she's on in, like Instagram or TikTok or anywhere, like she does not sit there and like pawn her own books No, but she's constantly like giving other people like their time in the spotlight. And she just, I think that's just an amazing, like there's just a genuine quality about her that she's just a nice person. Mm-hmm. And Um, I really do adore her. So read her books, follow her on social media. It'll be linked in our on the shelf show notes. Okay. So Leah, November drunk book club. November drunk book club is happening November 13th. And we are going to read Dr. Scandalous by Jay Salmon. Um, She will be joining us for the evening. And if you are interested in checking it out, you can get the details on the website because apparently the summer of Salmon is just never ending. I am going to stretch this for as long as I possibly can. Yes. But I mean, this is such a good book. Like I've, I have read it and this is my first Julie book and it is just, it is amazing. And Oliver is like this dirty, dirty talking doctor who do you just adore and the relationship between the, the heroine and the heroine's sister, like 
Oh, so good. It's so good. It is. Um, it is good. So it was super chilly here this weekend. It was chilly and rainy. But I was super <clears throat> excited because I got to break out my buzzing about romance hoodie. Yes, you did. I saw and- picture evidence of this um i love it it's from our merch shop that we host with i love hea's on etsy um they have the best merch you can find long sleeve t-shirts regular t-shirts and soft comfy hoodies that are all romance themed gear you can find a link to our merch on our website i'm telling you you're going to want one of these hoodies they're so is it like thick and soft and like but not like the like but like the super soft on the inside. Yes, so soft on the inside. I do love a soft hoodie. They're so nice. And I mean, it's the t-shirts not tight are around your neck. Soft. Like I can only imagine how amazing the hoodie is. Yeah, and it's not it, tight around the neck. It gives you. I hate when they're like choking you. Yeah, these don't. They're so nice. True to size. <laughs> they wash really well. Um, I just I adore the t-shirts and stuff that mm-hmm. I've gotten from I love HEAs. So this next little piece of information, Becky was left to her own devices this weekend and decided that she was going to create something and did not ask me about it. You were busy being a mom. I, I was, I was busy momming this weekend. Um, but so Becky has created the clear your TBR challenge um, over on our discord server. We are hosting a once a week group read and discussion You can find details on our website and the first book on our clear your TBR challenge is butterfly by you by Lexi Blake. And we will start discussing it on November 4th. And if you haven't read this book, it is very good. It is not, it is an offshoot of her, um, masters and mercenary masters and mercenaries, but it is not quite, it is not quite as dirty, but it is still like super sexy because it's Lexi Blake and like she can't write not sexy but it's so good (laughs) but if you have read the Master Mercenaries like second gen which I can't remember the the actual submission impossible submission impossible the girl the daughter in Butterfly Bayou is the heroine in submission impossible so you get two of her like little Noel Noel right and then adult Noel so yes but it's so good This is what happens when you leave me unsupervised. It is. But you know, you need to check with me. Like, you know, when you have an idea, you're like, nope, not this time. Should I do this? No, not this time. So if it's crazy, nobody can blame me this time. Although you did blame me. You blamed me for it anyway. I did. You left me unsupervised. I'm sorry. Like, you have one job. Be the boss. Like, you're supposed to be my voice of reason, but you were unavailable to be the voice of reason. So I was unsupervised. So it'll still be good. It'll work out fine. It'll be good because we have 11 weeks between now and the end of the year. And we are clearing in the discord. We went through and we're actually clearing 11 different books that Mm -hmm. are, is on someone's TBR. The majority are coming off of Becky's TBR, but, um, there's a a lot lot of of people have these same books on their TBRs because they're like, they're just that good. And like, people want to read them. And we're going to do, we are making people make time for them. We're going to do real by Kennedy Ryan. Um, there's a Sarah, Sierra Simone series. We're going to actually do a trilogy, um, in December. Mm -hmm. So there's a wide variety of books and you can join us for one or all, 
Um, It's completely up to you. Just join us over on Discord and we'll help you out and help you figure it all out. Um, Okay. It's book of the week time. It is book of the week. This is the third week that I'll be asking for an echo. So book of the week. Week, 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 week. Okay. I mean, we can do it. Right. So Becky, what was your book of the week? My book of the week is Riggs by Sawyer Bennett. This released last Tuesday on 1026. It is book 11 in the Arizona Vengeance series. It is an enemies to lovers hockey romance. As we all know, enemies to lovers is not one of my favorite tropes, but this was very, very well done. Um, The progression of the relationship feels real and you totally connect with these characters. There's some amazing lines in this book. Um, Mm -hmm. There's one line where he, she asks him if he's going to go get a date and he says, why would I go get a date? I could just pick a fight with you and have sex. So super funny. Um, But this is just one of those kind of books you expect from Sawyer Bennett. It does. It's, it's right in line with her other hockey romances. This is exactly what you um, would expect for her. But what she does in the last 6% of the book is beyond epic, you guys. Um, She does something that's going to change the course of hockey romances. Days, Days later, week later, I am still thinking about this. I'm thinking about what she did and all the ways she can now make her mark even bigger on hockey romance. It has never been done before what she did. And it is... It is unexpected, like, like, so unexpected. Like, Becky read this and instantly messaged me and a couple other people in, like, our group of, like, readers that we talk to all the time. And she's like, you have to read this right now. Like, I need to talk about this book. And it is amazing. Amazing. Like, like this book is one of those books we will be talking about for months. And in the story, the relationship is really wonderful and well done, but mm-hmm. it's what she does in the last 6% that makes it really remarkable. Yes. And it shows just how much of a genius of an author that she is mm-hmm. because, because of what she does, I'm buying her next book. Like it's like, not even a, there's, it's a guaranteed like pre-order. Yeah. You're not going to sit there and cause like right now there is no blurb for the next book. There's no cover. We only know the title. And so we're all sitting here going, what the fuck? Like, how does this happen? What are we going to do? But you have bought that book because you know that whatever's going to happen is going to be one of those stories that breaks your heart. It's going to be so, so good and so amazing. And I, I, I wish she could just write faster. Right. Okay. So Leah, what's your book of the week? So my book of the week, um, is also hockey because it seems to be the trend right now, but mine is only one regret by Natasha Madison. Um, it released on October 19th, and this is book five in the only one hockey series that she's writing. And this book actually brings us full circle back to her other hockey series because her first romance first oh is it her first romance i don't know if it's her first romance it was her first hockey romance okay but we're going full circle so minnie cooper which is the hero in this book is 
original Cooper's grandson. So her very first, this is no something so book was Cooper and I can't remember her name, but they, those were Cooper's grandparents. So this book five is bringing it full circle. So you get all of the, this is characters and all of the something so characters and the only one characters. And it's like a, a mishmash of like hockey amazingness, but this book is it's friends to lovers, but it's friends to lovers done right. Like these two have been friends for years and have been each other's person in such a way that like, they didn't, they didn't realize like what was there because of the circumstances surrounding them. But it, but then life happens and things change and circumstances change. And like the light bulb comes on and tequila, tequila, tequila makes, makes all the difference. In so this book. something so right was something Natasha's right. very first romance novel in 2016. <clears throat> so she's, she's bringing it back to the OG right yeah. here. Yeah. And this, that book was so well-written. I mean, there was something like in the last two weeks, I think four or five hockey romances dropped. There's, there has been a lot. Um, <coughs> so, and it's because hockey season was kicked off here in mm -hmm. October. We've got our first games happening. Um, so it's, it's in time with, you know, it is yes. what's happening. Uh, but what she does right in that book is you get glimpses of the family. Mm-hmm but they do not overpower the book. And this is my current no. kick. If you no, write no, multiple no. series with lots of extra characters and you still want to trickle and bring them in throughout, that's okay, but you can't do it in a way that dilutes the chemistry and the on-page time mm -hmm. that we get with the hero and the heroine. So I have not, like I have the Something So series and I have a few of the This Is Crazy series, but like they just... I haven't had time to get to them. So I, they are books that I, they're on my TBR, but life has keep kept me from reading them. Um, but so reading this book, like knowing he is, cause I, of course, like was like, who, how do I know this? Like the name sounded familiar. And so I was like researching back, but not reading those series. I was not lost. Like I didn't need to know like the nuances of like who was who and all that stuff, because like they, she explains it in a way that's that's important, but it's not at the same time. But it also enhances, I think, the character development and the relationship <clears throat> development between mm -hmm. Erica and uh, Cooper. Cooper. Mm -hmm. It adds, you know, this next level, right? She's Erica, right? Yes, Erica. Okay. Um, there were a lot of names. It's been a long time. There week. were a lot of names. <laughs> but, but she enhances them. These extra relationships actually add to their relationship and to the movement of their own story and their own character development. Well, and even like the way certain elements of the story plays out, like with his family and certain things about his family, like his family is a huge, huge part of the story and his character and his story itself. And so I think if she had left them out more then it wouldn't have made sense. And because I, his family is part of his identity, not well, just as a hockey player, but who he is as a person and his yeah. life goals are part of how he identifies as a human. Mm -hmm. um, so it was important. We had to have those elements. We did. And, and it's ironic the way that Erica is a part of things and how, because he's divorced with two little 
little girls who are just adorable in this story. And you get a lot of the girls in the story too, which I love. Like he's a single parent working through divorce, but the, the girls are a huge part of it. And you don't always have that in a single parent situation, like romance, but I'm not going to give you any more. You just have to read it. So only one regret by Natasha Madison. It is out now. You guys are going to want to pick that up. And you are also going to want to pick up Riggs by Sawyer Bennett. And make sure you check our website because stuff might be happening um, or have happened um, Mm -hmm. with Miss Sawyer. Just always check our website because we always have little, little things happening that you might not know about. Right. Okay. So Leah, what are we doing next time? Because I will probably have a fangirl moment. I mean, if we... If you don't, I'll be surprised. So next time we are actually kicking off November and family series romances with one of our all time favorite authors of family romances. So Lexi Ryan will be joining us as we discuss both her DNA family series, the boys of Jackson Harbor and her found family series in Orchard Valley. So all of November, we're talking about families. So whether they are like families by blood, found families, friend, like groups of families, like any kind of family dynamic, we're going to, it's all about families in the month of November. And I tell you guys, we've got some really great book recs coming your way and some really awesome author interviews that so many, I'm so excited. Like, like like November itself is just going to be amazing. So good. Um, even into December, we got some pretty cool things coming in December. So guys, we make do. sure you're following our website and following us on social media so you can keep up to date on all of the chaos. And especially when Becky gets left um, to her own. Uh... Never again. I won't allow it. You have to you have to have a checks and balance from now on. <laughs> you know, I would have said yes, though. Like I know I you would have part of it. You've been like, it might actually be not as bad had I gone involved. Um, no, because I ended up throwing a giveaway into it, too. So check our website for the rules on how to clear TBR and win some book swag, because I cannot add. Originally, I was like, oh, I'll just give like some Amazon gift cards, right? Some book they can. And Mike's like, you want them to clear your TBR, but you're going to make them buy more books. <laughs> I mean, why not? But book swag works. I book mean, swag does work. Book t-shirts, swag is, you know, maybe book sleeves, mm-hmm. coffee mugs. Who knows? Who knows? People, check our website. We'll give you all the details there. Yes. Anyway, until next time, everyone. Happy reading, everybody. Find us on Instagram at Buzzing About Romance or on Twitter at Buzzing Romance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes.